Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, good, good morning. I was going to say good morning, good afternoon, where Michael is. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Thanks to Vinny for stopping by. We're just talking Patriots-Falcons as he was walking out. He thinks, again, Michael, we could see seven. But, again, this is about timing, and if we do see a seven pop up, I think it's going to get hit back down to, to, to six and a half because, again, uh, the, 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 those seasoned veterans are just – those seasoned betters are going to jump on that seven and push it back down to six and a half. So I think we're probably going to settle six and a you half-ish. Know, the the unpredictability of Thursday night. I mean, when have we seen a route on Thursday night? I mean, think about it. You know what? The Broncos game was 17-10 to 10 with Cleveland. Broncos were beat up. Cleveland didn't play well. I mean, when do we see a route on Thursday night? We really never do. Good so, point. for me, it's, you know, it's like on paper it looks like, on paper the Baltimore Ravens should have won the game. But they didn't. And it's Thursday night. There's a lot of unpredictability. The road team has a lot to do to adjust. It's challenging. You know, it's going to take a lot of, you know, even if you're playing well, it's still a hard game. Absolutely. It'll be interesting. I mean, again, two teams, uh, you you agreed when I said it just feels like a hell of a lot to lay on the road uh, against a Falcons team that they've lost two of three, and I get it, but they're coming off a blow-off. Excuse me, a blowout. Those generally tend to motivate teams. These are professionals. These are human beings. They get motivated by that. No doubt. No doubt. And, and the fact that they don't have this player or that player and the game's going to be over with quick. And they, they, you know, players read the paper. They all know. They all understand it. Yeah, they absolutely do. Okay. Um, uh, 
Let's get to uh, quarterback questions this week in week 11. Uh, no surprise here, but uh, Baker and Goff. So we, let's start there. Are we going to see Baker? Yeah. Are we going to see Goff in the matchup between, of course, uh, Cleveland and Detroit? That is the question. So Cleveland's hosting Detroit. Open 10. It's up to 11. But there are big-time questions about the quarterbacks. Are we going to see Case Keenum? Are we going to see Tim Boyle? Uh, that is the question, Michael Lombardi. Uh, you know, I got to think you're going to see Baker. I mean, he just said yesterday he was as beat up as he's ever been in his career. You know, and I, I think to me, if you're if you're the Cleveland Browns, don't you rest him? Don't you say, okay, look, let's let's just uh, you know let's give him a break and see if we can win this game with with Case Keenum, which I think you can. You've already proven you can win a game with without him. You know, Case Keenum came and played well again. They scored. They beat Denver, right? With Case Keenum in the game, and so you got to feel like you get him rested because let's be real honest here. I mean, the last three weeks since he's been back, since the the injury in Pittsburgh, you know, he hadn't really thrown the ball well. I know they scored 41 points against the Bengals, but a lot of that was turnovers and situation, big plays, Nick Chubb coming back, and if they don't run the ball, three of the last four week, three of the last five weeks, they haven't been able to run the ball. They didn't run it well against Arizona. They didn't run it well against Pittsburgh. They didn't run it well against New England. And if they don't run the ball, they don't have a passing game. Baker doesn't really have one. To me, that's the issue. And what's fascinating about the Cleveland Brownies is the fact that they don't turn the ball over. They don't turn the ball over. I mean, they are two and three the last five weeks, and they only have five turnovers. And two of those games, they didn't turn the ball over. They won. They don't really turn it over. Now they don't create turnovers for a team that's really good on third down. You would think they would be improved. You think they would turn the ball over. They don't. But you know, for a team that can rush the passer, they're not good on defense on third down. They're 28th in the National Football League on third down. Last week they allowed seven out of nine. For a team that, to me, there's something missing here. There's not enough scheme to really help the players, to me, in, in Cleveland defensively. And I know the Cleveland Browns can't look past anybody right now. Listen, they're 5-5 five and five straight up. They're 5-5 five and five ATS. They're last place in the North. I, I get they can't look past anybody, but it is the Lions. And if, if Baker needs to get healthy, Keenum's very capable of beating this Lions team. Well, look, and also let's add the other layer into it. They go to Baltimore after this game, and then they have a bye, and they play Baltimore again. Yeah. So they've got the Baltimore Open in the next two of the last three. And that's going to be their season, Patrick, because then after the Baltimore games, they go Las Vegas, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. I mean, you could say Pittsburgh's the easy team. Pittsburgh's already beaten them. they got to go down to, down to Pittsburgh. So they don't have a game on the schedule after this Detroit game. That's an easy game for them. They will not be favored in the Baltimore games. I don't think either Baltimore game will they be favored. They no. might be favored in Las Vegas because they play it at home. It'll be a very small, it'll be under a field goal or just a field goal. In Green Bay, in Pittsburgh, they won't. And Cincinnati, they have at home. So, you know, this is, to me, Mayfield has to be healthy if they're going to make the playoffs. And if you put him out there against Detroit, not that they have a great pass rush, but if he gets injured anymore, you're going to case Keenum. Lions 0-8-1, they're 5-4 and four ATS. They have covered the last three on the road, the Detroit Lions, and you see a big number, 11 and a half. And no surprise to see this total settling in at 43 and a half. Open 44 and a half, but these are two teams, the offenses are struggling badly. So no surprise to see that total coming down here, Michael. I mean, Mayfield has only thrown nine touchdown passes, Patrick, mm. all season. Mm. Think about that. He's only thrown nine touchdown passes. You know, the team has 10. They've given up 21. They've given up 21. You know, so this is not a, you know, when they can make big chunk plays, 
This is why Mayfield's average is 8-1 yards per attempt because in that is those chunk plays. But when you closely peel back the layers of those games and study the tape and not look at just the numbers, you see that his inability, when he doesn't make big plays, when you take away the play action down the field throws, he doesn't have a play. He can't make plays from the pocket. He can't play quarterback when he's behind center. It's the same issue you have with Jalen Hurts. This is why you can't evaluate quarterbacks game to game because because the league is limited in terms of how coaches play each other. This, as Bill Walsh said to me in 1984, it's not the league of the best and the brightest. Not all the coaches are all the same. So one coach plays a different way, Gus Bradley against Kansas City, and Vic Fangio might play them differently and understand how to play them. And the teams that know how to play Mayfield take him away. New England knew how to play him. The Chargers didn't know how to play him. They didn't. For as great a coach as everybody thinks, Brendan, is Brendan Staley supposed to be the best coach? Is nobody second to him in the league? Somebody say that? Nobody's second to Brendan Staley? Like, he's the best coach in the league and there's, he has no seconds? Like, he didn't know how to play him. And I think Brendan Staley's going to be a really good coach, but he's a young coach. He's a young coach who really doesn't understand how to set up the game plan to take away what the team does. Make them play left-handed. And when you make Cleveland play left-handed, no big runs, which is hard to do because Chubb breaks eight tackles to do it, and no big pass plays, you make Mayfield play quarterback, methodically work the ball down the field, they're 22nd on third-down conversions, they're 23rd in the red area, there's no execution. They can't make a play. You mentioned it, nine touchdown passes through 10 games. Remember, he had 26 last year, Baker, through 16, so a precipitous drop-off. And, you know, the conversation about Baker, whether or not he's the future, let's remember they did pick up his fifth-year option, so the, he is under contract through next year, although you generally like they to see to those contracts. They have to pick it up. You generally see these, these extensions get done going into this offseason. That'll be the question is if they do extend him. I mean, that's not a hard conversation for me. Play it out, Baker. We'll see where Play we are. Play it out. Yep. That's what, that would be my conversation. Play it out, Baker. And, and look, here's, I think, the other thing. If you're, you know, Kevin Stefanski won Coach of the Year last year and well-deserved. And I think Kevin Stefanski did a wonderful job last year. But here's where you're worried. Have people caught up to his offense? Have people caught up to what he's doing? You know, and it seems to me that it, in, that what I just said to you, it's a little bit like a basketball player who, okay, force him to his left. Well, he, when, he, when you force him to his left, he has to have an answer for it. When certain teams play this Browns offense a certain way, does, does Kevin have an answer for it? We haven't seen it yet. Now, a lot of it could be because of the health of the team. Offensive lines beat up. Running backs are beat up, right? Quarterbacks beat up. All, all justifiable excuses. But there's been a period here now where they scored 14, 14, 17, 10, and 7. They don't score a lot of points. You take away the Charger and the Bengal game where they scored 41 and 42, that's it. They, they, they don't really, the last six weeks, they don't move the ball consistently. Glad you brought up Stefanski. He has to take some of this. That's a very good offensive line. I know they've dealt with injuries. They've got maybe the second best back in football. Uh, they have weapons. There's no reason not to be scoring points. Well, I mean, the problem is he can't get consistent play out of his quarterback. It's, you know, it's funny. Jimmy Garoppolo gets so much crap for not being great, right, that he hinders the Browns' offense, right? But Baker doesn't get any crap for not being great. 
You know, like, and Baker's same has Baker's issues are were actually worse than Garoppolo's. Baker can't see, and when it becomes a drop back pass game, Baker's really not very good. That's what we've seen out of Baker Mayfield over his career. When it becomes a drop back pass game, he's not very good. You know, last year when he was playing, you know, in that offense, and, and it was kind of fresh and new, it was really good. You know, and he was able to make some plays and do some things. But this year. You know, in 19, he had 22 touchdown passes, 21 interceptions. You know, and then they changed the offense and it became better. But now we're back to the same. We're back to 2019. There's been an adjustment. What's the adjustment to the adjustment? Right? What is it? And the guy really, to me, is just a very average player. I know he's the first pick in the draft, but that doesn't make him the best player. I was going to ask you if, and again, these quarterback decisions are organizationally made unless you're Bill Belichick. So Stefanski doesn't really have say. I'm sure he has a say, <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say. If I were to ask, if you were to, to have a conversation with Stefanski, who would you prefer moving forward this season, Mayfield or Keenum? I don't know if it's a slam dunk he's picking Mayfield. Well, I think he would pick Mayfield because Mayfield gives him his, his team, his alpha dog, his, his toughness, okay. his leadership. And Keenum can't really do that because he, he's in a, 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 a backup role. But I, I think the question is, can we win a Super Bowl with Baker? And the answer is, well, it starts with well. And that's the problem. When it starts with well, you're not, the answer is no. And you know the organization. That is going to be an organizational decision. Do you think Haslam is going to stick with Baker? I think they're, I think they're going to give him for his fifth year, and I promise you they draft a quarterback this year. First round. Mark the tape. Don't disagree. When we continue, Amal Shaw joins. Looking forward to talking to odds-on oh host boy. Amal Shaw next I year. I can't wait. On the Lombardi line. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. 
Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game winner ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. to the Lombardi line on VSIN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, prop tracker. It's now available vsin.com for you to keep up with the key props in the NFL. Get current odds, line movement and trends. So for example, you can track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year and more. Check out prop tracker, betting splits, key trends and matchup data for every game now at vsin.com/nfl. We got you back here on the Lombardi line. I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, he is Michael Lombardi. Odds on host Amal Shaw joins us now from the Circa. Looking forward to a conversation with our guy. Look at him. There he is. How you doing, Amal? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing doing wonderful. By the way, just as a follow-up to the question we just asked Vinny, this is the Amal line. If Ohio State and Oregon neutral, what do you set the number at? Ohio State, Oregon neutral. It doesn't matter what the number is. You're betting Ohio State. At least I am. Uh, probably a <laughs> neutral site at this point in time. Probably uh, seven, seven and a half. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, speaking of college football. Do you th- what do you think? While we stay on that for a second, I want to ask you, uh, Amal, the, the line for uh, Ohio State, Michigan State this week, uh, what's your thoughts on that? Oh, I, listen, I think Michigan State's in trouble. Their past defense has been horrendous. They've been they've benefited from a couple of calls in that Michigan game. This is a team that should probably be at two losses at this point in time. I don't know if they're going to be able to score enough consistently against this Buckeyes defense, even though they're pedestrian at best, to really stay with this Buckeyes offense. I don't think Ohio State really should have their punter uh, on the sideline on Saturday, at least in the first half. They should be able to go right up and down the field <laughs> in this one. But, you know, guys, this kind of transition is something, Patrick, I wanted to talk about, which is Mel Tucker. I'll tell you what, God bless Michigan State University for paying this guy $95 million. The dumbest contract in the history of sports, and that's something really difficult to say. They haven't given it to him yet. They haven't given it to him yet, Amal. They haven't given it to him yet. They'll get, wait and see. Well, Matt, Matty Shaba signed off on giving the money. What are they going to do, wait till the bludgeoning on Saturday and they realize they should have retracted it? They're smart. They should wait. Because you know what, Michael? Uh, There's no guarantee they're even going to win the last two games of the regular season. Well, yeah, I mean, look, but I think what's what's happening in the landscape of college football is if you like your coach, 
you're going to stay with him and you're going to pay him what, he, what you think he's going to get because you don't want somebody else to take your coach. And LSU is a dominant, dominant program out there that threatens you. And there's so much money at stake. The fear of the unknown is what motivates it. Why do you think quarterbacks, why do you think, Mar- why do you think Jared Goff got that contract? Jared Goff got because, that contract because, because I think there's a lot. They, I think there's a lot of people they, that work in sports that don't understand business, and it's not their money. Well, I, I I don't know about that. I do think that they 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 make decisions based on the path of least resistance. I think that's what you're really saying. I think you well, make no, decisions. They know they know they're eventually going to get fired, so they don't care. Because in five years, they're not going to have to pay. They're not going to have to foot the bill when it comes due. My point is with the Mel Tucker deal. There's only three coaches in college football I would never let walk right now. That's obviously Nick Saban. For me, I think Ryan Day's right up there. And Dabo Sweeney, as long as Brent Venables agrees to stick around. If Venables is leaving, I don't want Dabo either because Dabo was nothing until the Stoops brothers figured, hey, we should put Brent out. And then all of a sudden he goes to Clemson, and that's why they're winning. Every one of these other coaches, 127 coaches in, in Division One, are expendable. You could get somebody else. Who You know what? To me, if Mel Tucker went to LSU, do you feel like your word in the SEC West that, oh, my God, here comes the next Brian Harson? I mean, Auburn goes out and re-signs Malzahn. they got to get rid of him. They're bringing Harson. They're blowing leads left and right against teams like Mississippi State at home on the Plains. What are you overpaying for? Mediocrity? I'm sure the Outback Bowl is willing to take any of these teams. You know, I think it's easy, it's easy to say it when you're not in it. But, you, you know, we look at it as it's winner all. And some of these programs look at it as, look, we got to get we got to get good. You know, we got to get have at least a good program. And you look at it as strictly as you got to win. A, can you win a championship? And these other guys look at it. Look, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think it takes it takes a strong person. And if you've never had to deal with the media, if you've never been attacked by the media before, it's easy to say you wouldn't do it. But when you get in that arena and you start getting hit from all different sides about being an idiot, about not winning, you get panicked and you make decisions based on the path of least resistance. It takes strength to make those tough decisions. It takes Barry Alvarez has it. You know, he don't care. He's going to do what he thinks is right. Belichick, he thinks he's going to do it right. Very few, especially athletic directors, who really are very politically connected. They're never going to do that. They're just going to say, hey, look, LSU wanted them. We had to sign them. That's what happened. I'm not saying it's right, Amal. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying you've got to put yourself in their shoes, and do you have this? And they don't have the toughness that you're displaying to withstand the heat that they're going to get. M- Michael, I thought the St. Louis Cardinals sent the great set the greatest blueprint in sports when they said Albert Pujols, who what I would argue is probably the second best baseball player I've seen in my lifetime for the first ten years of his career. They said Albert, we think you're amazing. We may not believe what your age is, and we thought you might be juicing. You might not be as good. You resign after you get off the sauce. You may not be as good. Uh, Anaheim signs him for 10 years, 240. Artie Marino's ends up eating that, and this is why the Cardinals are still one of the best-run organizations in sports. The Patriots, part of your guys' success was the fact that Tom Brady was always willing to defer a certain amount of money. They never overpaid for guys. They never thought the wide receiver position was worth paying a Michael Thomas type of contract. How's that Saints return on investment worked out with MT? All, all I'm saying is I get your point that sometimes when you're in there facing the firing squad, it's a lot different from the outside looking in. However, I would make this point. At some point in time, you got to draw a line in the sand. You can't sit there and acquiesce to Jimmy Sexton and everybody every day of the week. Is Mel Tucker, remember, this guy came with a 5-7 and seven record from Colorado, 3-6 and six in Pac-12 play, 2-5 and five last year. Which team outside of Michigan has he beaten on this schedule where you don't say 25 coaches could not have won if it weren't for Kenneth Walker? Kenneth Walker, is, Kenneth Walker should be getting $40 million of this. 
I, I, look, you, you're not, you're not going to ar- get an argument from me. I'm just saying to you, you got to put yourself in the shoes of the people making these decisions. It doesn't make it right. Just saying, you know, it's easy for us to sit here. You don't have to take the heat. You don't have to take it. You, you, your name's not getting wrecked over the coals every single day. You're not getting called an idiot. You're not on Twitter. You know, it, that, that, you got to have strength of character to endure that. It takes a lot. It takes a lot. Your family takes the heat of it. And oftentimes, you never get to see your vision come through because you can play tough guy like you want to play, but you're going to get fired it's that, two Michael, years it's a lot later because your when tough guy didn't work out. It's a lot no, easier when you're making you $1.2 no, million dollars a year. There, there, it's a lot easier when you're making money. There's a lot no. of people every day in America facing pressure where they don't know where their next meal is coming from. To me, that's pressure. If you're making seven figures, you don't have the same type of pressure. I, I can appreciate what you're saying. But I vehemently disagree. There's a lot of at some point in time, people should acknowledge we're paying this money because it's not my money. No, that, I, I don't see that as the case. They're paying it because they think that's the market value. They're paying it because it's the market. And you don't want to be perceived as you're below the market. You don't want to be perceived you're cheap. You know, Clemson pays this and you're only paying that. You're lesser than Clemson. How do we do that? It's keep up with the Joneses, Amal. You know, if, if you want to start a program of that, you can do that. I mean, Red McCombs tried to do that when he owned the Vikings. He got run out of the league. He got run out of the league. He tried to change the way you do contracts. He got run out of the league. Cheap. You know, won't do that. I, I, look, I don't disagree with you, but you better have strength of your heart. You better have conviction. You better be able to stand in front of the room and say, look, this is what I'm going to do. And then here's what I think you're missing is you get railroaded out because you don't ever get to see your vision come through. It's like the head coach, the AD says, look, I want to wor- I want to graduate kids. I want to worry about academics. I want to make sure. You give them that, and then two years later, he says, you got them firing you because you're not winning. Wait a minute, you told me you wanted to graduate. They talk out of both sides of their mouth. Path of least resistance. That's what they're doing. Amal? I, no, I think Michael makes a lot of good points. And I, to one of the things that I have to give him credit for, he's been in there. He's been in the firing range, so he understands from a different perspective than I do. I'm just looking at it from the standpoint, Patrick, if you go back to when Denny Nagel and Mike Hampton were signed by the Colorado Rockies, and if you look at all the long-term contracts that have been uh, doled out in uh, baseball, outside of Max Scherzer actually exceeding the value in Washington, how many players have actually lived up to that billing? I was thinking about Garrett Cole today and the deal he got from the Yankees, nine years. I thought the only pitcher worthy of a six-year deal would have been Clayton Kershaw, which the Dodgers gave him, I think, seven years in his prime. To me, I love the way the Dodgers structure the Bauer contra- uh, contract. Pay more money. The Angels, $21 million on Syndergaard. I heard JVT say it's a terrible contract. I think it's a phenomenal deal. If he actually exceeds expectations, great. You, $21 million ends up being a steal. But if he doesn't, you only are on the hook for a year. To me, I'd rather front-load contracts and overpay for guys and let them perform at that level. You know what? Mel Tucker was making $2.5 million at Colorado. In two years after going 2-5 and five and 9-1, and one, this guy's the second-highest-paid coach in college football. That would like all of a sudden me getting paid like Colin Howard Cowherd next year, just a shade below him. And I'm probably the worst broadcaster in the history of time. Michael? Uh, well, I, I don't think you should take that much of a shot on you. I think you should get paid as much as Colin Coward. You're bringing the heat today, man. You're bringing he- you're coming heavy. So I love it, I, you I, know, and you're talking about facts. And plus, you could pick games a hell of a lot better than Colin can, too. So who's your survivor pick this week, Amal? They're, they're gone, thanks to our boy Ben Roethlisberger. I had the Steelers, and the COVID situation came out about an hour and a half after the picks had to be in. And I was like, oh, man, i got to rely on Mason Rudolph, Mr. Oklahoma State. I'm in trouble. Oh, jeez. Well, you know, you should have won that game. If Mason Rudolph could throw the ball just to the slot receiver, it's a touchdown you're going to win the game. I mean, how bad did that yeah, guy exactly. throw the ball with, 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 in weather? 
That was the worst. Oh, awful. Mel Tucker has one thing the three of us are looking for in life, whether it's personal, professional. He has leverage, Amal. He has leverage. I agree with you. It's a disaster to give him that contract, but he has leverage. Let's all find some today and have a great day. Enjoy your show. Thank you, Amal. Odds on's coming up next. Thanks, that Amal. was awesome spirited job, and awesome. It. Great job, Amal. We continue. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, college hoops back. Now's the time to get your copy of the annual betting guide for only $10. Uh, this year's guide has everything you need to bet on all the games. And this is a tricky season with the transfers, so make sure you pick up the VEASAN College Basketball Betting Guide season-long odds, trends, power ratings, analysis for every team. It's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It's under 10 bucks. It's just $9.99. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. As we welcome you back, it's a nice little appetizer. You got odds on coming up next. I'm all is fired up today, and we appreciate the passion. Wow, he- Mike Palm better duck. Amal was bringing it. I love it when Amal gets feisty. Um, Love it. uh, So a little Steve Carlton going on there. He was was dealing. Um, The Corderell Patterson thing is huge tonight. Let's push that to the side, and we'll get to that in the next segment and get your official. I don't know if you have a play, Michael, but a lean tonight. Kyler Murray looks like he's trending towards a return, and you can always kind of gauge some of this by just taking a look at the opener and where the number sits. Remember, you can find all this information at vsun.com. But if you take a look, Michael, after they're getting pummeled by the Panthers. Arizona's headed to Seattle in division. So you see that opener of two and a half, yeah. and it's sitting two and a half. So there really hasn't been much yeah. movement here. Circus at two, you know, and so there's some crazy lines. Like, I, I think they feel like he's going to play. That line wouldn't be a two Agreed. if they felt like he wasn't going to play. So I definitely think he's going to play. But, you know, the, I just the Circa just released its contest spreads. And, and you know how I am always fascinated yeah. with those. And a couple lines just really jumped out at me. Like, Circa has the, the, the Baltimore-Chicago line, six and a half. And people, it's down to four and a half in the contest which was surprising. I didn't think that line would move that much in the contest. And then Pittsburgh Charger line, that that line opened up at, I want to say that line opened at four and a half, and now it's all the way up to six and a half, which tells me maybe Circus suspects that we're going to get another return of Mason Rudolph. Which, which is interesting with the Circa numbers in the contest because Circa's sitting four and a half with Baltimore-Chicago, but they're, they're sticking with their opener which was, you know, Baltimore opened six and a half in that game in Chicago, and that's what they're posting for the contest. No, they went down to four and a half for the contest. Oh, they did go down to four and a half. Oh, okay. I thought, you said, to, I thought you said point. they're posted they six four, and a half. No. Okay, gotcha. No. Gotcha. So what my, my point with bringing up these contest numbers for the viewers at home and listening to the program and watching us is this gives us a, kind of a, a look ahead to where they think the numbers are going to end up Sunday. Right, yeah, because Circa does such a good job of kind of calculating where this could. Have. They don't ever want to be too far behind. So the Steelers opened up at four and a half, got bet to six and a half. Maybe that's Rudolph, 
And then when you look at this, to me, the one that shocked me was the the Ravens Bears at only four and a half. I, I mean, that's really a low. That opened at six and a half, which means people are betting, or they suspect a lot of people are going to be betting Chicago here. Yeah, and it's let me get the spreads here for you. It's Patrick. four. It's four and a half across the board here, Baltimore Chicago. So they're going with the movement. We actually have the Ravens five, our official number here, Vston. Um, but four and a half mostly. What do you attribute that again coming through the six down from six and a half to four and a half? What do you what do you attribute that movement to? Well, you know, it can't be from you know. There's there's very little tickets I have written up. There's only forty three hundred tickets. Sixty one percent of the cash is coming in on the Ravens, so the lines coming in on the Ravens, very little. But to me, it suspects that maybe the way Justin Fields threw the ball in the second half of the Pittsburgh game. Kind of, and the weakness of this Baltimore team is their secondary. But I think go back to the Tampa game when Fields played against Tampa, and Bowles brought all those blitzes and did a lot of different things and created a lot of problems for the Juan Castile coached offensive line of the Bears and the Bears protection scheme. And Martindale's very good at that. And Martindale will be able to attack that. They're coming off of a 10 day kind of have to eat that loss, and I don't know if Mack's playing. Maybe he's going to play, which has moved this number. Khalil Mack has missed games, but to me, you know, uh, weather doesn't play a factor in it. It's just a fascinating line movement, and I would think a lot of people would be taking Baltimore. I don't see how how the the Ravens don't go in there and play better than they did against the, the, the Dolphins and really make Justin Fields kind of look like a rookie quarterback. Well, let's handle this number this way. The op- Baltimore open six and a half. It's down to four and a half most everywhere. What is the Lombardi line on this game? Well, that, that's, the, that's the, the, the great question, Patrick. I had to fix my machine here. But that, that's a great question. So I have this line at 6.56. So your number is exactly where it opened. Exactly where it opened. Yep. Whew. It is an interesting – because to drop through the six – is an interesting it's an interesting adjustment on this game. Yeah, I mean like for me the Pittsburgh Charger number was I had it at 2, so when it was 4 and a half, you know, you got to play Pittsburgh if you really want to. I don't trust the Chargers. They play way too much. They play 36 minutes of defense. Uh, they're on the field way too much. Their offense, Mike Williams hasn't been very good the last few weeks. So to me that might be, you know, uh, for tomorrow a John Oates play, but I just think, to me, that with these variants of the numbers, and, and why is that number moving? It must be, and I still have it on my board. I have Rudolph as the starter. You know, usually on my board, it, if like Arizona I have is undecided. Detroit I have is undecided. Cleveland I have Mayfield playing. They usually don't put something in there unless they really know or suspect. May I ask you, we talked about that Detroit-Cleveland game. I Yeah. Do you do – you, in any way adjust the number if it's Goff or Boyle? I probably wouldn't. Maybe I mean, not. I have that game should be an 8.6 game, 8.06. It's 11, so I have to take Detroit. I hate taking Detroit. I'm not taking Detroit. I can't, you know, every time you think Detroit is going to be, you know, uh, is going to be effective, you know, you, you think, oh, but, you know, Detroit on the road again, I mean, this is the Great Lakes Open here, right? <laughs> it is. You know, Detroit... I think everybody got off Detroit because remember what week everybody everybody bet Detroit was when they were hosting oh, the Philly game. when they were hosting Philly at home yeah. and everybody's sworn off the Lions since then. 
you know? Yeah, I mean, it's just really, it's, it's, been, it's been just one after another. Every time you think Detroit's going to play their best football, they let you down. Although last week, you know, a lot of people were on Detroit, and, and they came through against, you know, against the Steeler team with, with Rudolph. Although, you know, I think what Amal said is so true. Had Ben played it, even though Ben's not great, Rudolph couldn't throw the ball in bad weather. That was pretty clear. Like, one thing, if you're Kevin Colbert and you're Omar Khan and the people that run the Steelers, you watch Rudolph play in that game and say, wait a minute, hold on. He couldn't throw the ball. Did you see the NFL Network report on Dwayne Haskins yes, just did. goofing around before the game? Well, that's no different than what he did in Washington. You know why? Because no. How do you keep him on the team? Because he and Tomlin share the same agent. Mm, there you go. Broke the code right there. See? And he is... Look, if you're if if you're Dwayne Haskins, the bigger indictment is you're not starting over Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph couldn't drive the football in that weather. He doesn't have an arm anyway. It um, was horrible. He couldn't make he couldn't make a five yard throw. No. It was like if you were playing, if we were in the backyard as kids and he was playing quarterback, he we'd have benched him. I mean, you're not playing. You can't throw the ball in this weather. You're out. You're out. You go. Like it's as simple as that, right? It's not that complicated. Put a glove on or do something. Like, you couldn't throw the football. It was like he was shot-putting it. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, he and Tomlin share the same agent. I, I think it's underreported how much that matters and gamesmanship amongst agents. You know this game better than anybody as far as sometimes how certain individuals end up with certain teams or certain rosters. A lot of it has to do with the politics. Oh, yeah. You know. Uh, speaking no doubt, of two no so, and the connections, yeah, and the connections. So that number right now, Pittsburgh. That's remember that's going to be Sunday night. Rudolph listed as the starter at the Chargers. Uh, I got Circa's at six and a half. Is that I, I six? We have six here, so six and a half, six ish. It sounds like you think that's a little heavy. It, it, it seems like it. It does for me. It is. I don't want to take Pittsburgh with Rudolph. You think I could stomach through that? I mean, Mm-mm. you know, I mean, can't wait to hear what Al Michaels has to say about that. You know, I mean, that that would be a tough one. I, although six and a half seems like a lot of points. I mean, the Chargers haven't really dazzled them. But and and last week, you know, last week the the Lions couldn't throw the ball against the secondary. Now Minka Fitzpatrick might not play in this game. So how good is the secondary for the Steelers? The Chargers can pass protect. They're the better team. There's no doubt. But can they beat this team by a touchdown? I don't know. A lot of quarterback questions. Week 11, Baker, Goff, uh, Ben, Cam. I mean, I, the assumption is Cam start. I mean, there's no way he's not starting, right? Oh, Cam starting. You can, you can book that. Cam starting. I mean, Rule said yesterday that it would, everything's, everything's gearing in that direction. That, well, that, that means he's starting. I mean, he has to. You know, I mean, is, 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 that was a great win, but P.J. Walker still turned the ball over twice last week. And, and, with, and you yep. know, Cam came in and made some plays. Look, they're going to win this game against the Washington football team with their defense. They're going to run the ball, win with your defense, convert third downs. That's how they got to win the game. Yeah, Cam's going to be starting. Rivera returning. Washington at Carolina open three. I think with the Cam news, bumped it over that key number of three. Remember, that's the key number in NFL betting. Up to three and a half. Everybody's three and a half with Carolina betting Cam. We continue. We'll get a lean on Thursday Night Football from Michael Lombardi coming back. Remember, you can find us. He is M. Lombardi NFL on Twitter. We're at Beeson Live. Come on back.
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. At MGM King of Sportsbooks. So, tonight, here's the best bet you can get in, in all of uh, sportsbooks. If either the Falcons or the Patriots score a touchdown, if you're a new better at BetMGM, you bet 10 bucks, you win $200 paid for in free bets. So, 200 bucks in your account. Uh, make sure you check it out. Use the promo code. VSIN 200, VSIN 200, either the Patriots or Falcons score a touchdown. Again, all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. All right, we'll get to Thursday night. Did you see the latest name 
that's being bantied as far as the Miami job. Now, Manny Diaz is still the head coach, HBC at Miami, but there are a couple names. You mentioned Mario Cristobal, who would return home from Oregon, take that Miami job. There's another name being mentioned that people are saying the he's... Lane train. Lane Kiffin. There's a rumor that he would leave Ole Miss for University of Miami. How about Miami all of a sudden become a desirable destination? It's a destination, obviously, recruiting so fertile there. But Lane from Ole Miss to Miami. Uh, I think, you know, I think it's a job where it's got so much potential, right? And, you know, that – and Manny Diaz is still the coach. And yet they feel like because of the recruiting, there's so much – that people would want. And be, and I think a lot of this conversation is stemming from the fact that there's a new AD coming in, right? So they fired the athletic director who wasn't planning on making any changes to the football department. But now, you know, with a new AD coming in, who they hire, could that change Manny Diaz's status? So a lot remains to be seen. But look, Miami has been uh, is a remember when school. They remember when they won a lot of titles. We'll see if they can uh, get it back, and maybe Manny Diaz could get it back. I don't know. You know, they've been they've been kind of disappointing this season, ups and downs. They have a chance to win the Florida State game, and they lose it. So, you know, how much money do they have committed to to buy out these coaches and bring coach? I mean, I think Cristobal's deal. I know this would drive them all completely crazy, but it's like six million to get him out of his contract at Oregon. These buyouts are enormous. And that what they're there to protect the school from losing their coach because unlike foot, pro football, there's no rules to limit a coach from leaving. The pro football, you can't go from being the head coach of the Patriots to being the head coach of the Falcons just because you want to go. In college, if you want to leave Georgia and go to Alabama, you can. But so they had to put these rules in there. They put these buyout clauses to protect the teams. And, you know, some of these some of these schools with uh, with a lot of donor money just say – We're going to do it. There's so much money at stake in college football. There's so much money. The irony is, so it's Vatek in town, Miami Lane 8. Vatek just moved on after six seasons from Justin Fuente. If they waited two more weeks to fire Fuente, they would have saved $2.5 million as far as a buy. They wanted him out so badly, and there's some boosters there that wanted him out so badly that uh, they moved on from Fuente two weeks early and could have saved $2.5 million. There's a lot of money in college football is the moral of the story. You know, they were not. They wanted to get involved. They wanted to get into the ra- – they wanted to make sure that if, you know, say Billy Napier doesn't get the LSU job, they're right there for Billy Napier. Yep. And sometimes you got to spend money to be able to be in position. If you wait to be frugal and to save money – all of a sudden, you, you may not get that guy. You may not get the guy you really want. And Billy, you know, Arizona State could be a job that Billy Napier wants. You know, that's a job that could potentially open, will open perhaps. And if that opens, you know, Napier was, a, was the office coordinator there at one time. Does he go there or does he take Virginia Tech? He's a hot commodity. Why he's not the number one guy for LSU, I don't know. You know, this whole notion you need a big name. No, you need a good coach. Like, Don James wasn't a big name when he went left Kent State to go to the University of Washington, and he won. You know, going back to the NFL, I don't, don't want to bounce around here, but Adam Schefter just tweeted that Kyler Murray is practicing today in spite of the ankle injury, and Jared Goff is not. Okay, so it looks like Kyler is progressing, shall return in division against the Seahawks. And uh, Jared Goff, it doesn't matter if Jared Goff plays or not. Let's be fair. Uh, Boyle will actually probably give they're him gonna a They're going to run the ball, right? I mean, they're going to they're gonna run the ball whether he plays or not. I mean, you know, how many times do you think Dan, D- 
Dan Campbell has said, now I know why they didn't want him there. You know, now I didn't know why. They, see, that, that, that goes back to the whole Amal conversation. It's, it's that whole thing about, yeah, we know he's no good, but who, who are we going to get? So you pay him because you're just trying to save your job. You save your you, – because if you don't pay him, you get ridiculed by the media for not paying him, and then you start losing, and the perception destroys you. It's a little bit like Pittsburgh. You know, if they don't pay Ben, if they don't bring Ben back when he's willing to take a pay cut, what's their answer? You know, you could sit there and say – well, you know, they would be better off without Ben. Well, you're watching Mason Rudolph play. Are you sure about that? Before we get to a lean tonight, memory lane. So 2017 Super Bowl. This is a rematch. Patriots and the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Let's talk about this for a second. 28 to 3. Where you were, what you were thinking, and how your emotions changed from 28 to 3 to a victory. Well, I just kept thinking if we could just get one stop, you know, like I kept thinking that if we could just get one stop. And I knew that we had practiced all week uh, a lot of two-point plays. I knew we could score 16 points because we had spent Thursday and Friday on two-point plays because we felt like we were going to get the lead in the game. We felt like we were going to have to extend the lead in the game. And because we didn't, you know, those two point, those periods on Thursday and Friday that we devoted a lot of time to came back to help us. And so I felt like if we just get one stop, put a little pressure on them, make them have to feel like, can they close the game out? It's a hard thing to do. Remember, the fourth quarter is a standalone game, right? And you can blame Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan's job is to get first downs. Kyle Shanahan's job is to score points. Unless Dan Quinn tells them only run the ball here, you know, and once the momentum turned and once all of a sudden you felt like, OK, we got a chance here, you know, we, we got to see if we can get it done. And it was um, I believe I've seen a sticker on your laptop even that connotes the uh, 28 yeah, to 3 28 situation. To three. I got it right here. on my, Yep, I got it right here. Yeah, <laughs> I sure a, do on my other laptop. It is. I, it is a legendary score. To the Borgata, which I'll be back at the Borgata this week. We'll be back. Hopefully wait, wait, all wait, technical wait, wait. issues have been worked out. <laughs> Wait, you're going back there? Is that I true? I am. I'm excited to see Thomas. Yes, we're going to back there on Saturday and Sunday at our regular time. We're told that, that everything is kind of we're, we're, got, we're going to see. We'll see. If it doesn't work Saturday, I will be back here in my office for Sunday. That's, uh, that's in, I'm excited to see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm excited too. The Falcons, by the way, 0-3 at home, ATS this season. So here comes the Pats. So let's do this. I I don't – I mean, if you're going to see seven, I think it's going to be quick. So six and a half. Uh, We talked about it earlier. Feels feels like a lot. The last five Thursdays of cash to the under, and it's a 47 total. Let's get your thoughts on this one. Well, I think this is a game where – you know, the, the, both teams coming off a Thursday, it's it's always hard, emotional. So I think these are hard games. And I think six and a half and seven is a lot of points in the game. Uh, I, I really feel like it. I, I think to me, I would lean towards taking, and this is completely a lean, I would lean towards taking the Falcons, and I would lean towards the under, Patrick. You would lean towards the under. Okay. Yeah, that's the one yeah. I was going to ask I think you. it'll be a pace game. I think it'll be a pace game. I think the the Patriots, I mean, look, the first quarter last week when they played the Brownies, each team had one possession in the first quarter. Now they end up scoring 45 points, you know, total in the game, 52 in the game. But, 
you know, the, the Patriots are very good at pacing games. And I, and I don't think that the Belichick's going to want to let this game get out of pace a little bit. I think what he's going to want to do is try to play from in front, try to get the lead, you know, try to put some pressure and really take advantage. I know this is going to sound crazy and all the analytical people will go, in the, but really try to take advantage of the, of, the, the, of the Falcons' inability to make plays in the kicking game. I think that's what you're going to see tonight. I think they're going to try to control field position. He'll play it a little conservative at first just to get field position, to get control of the game, and then ultimately get the lead in the game. And then we let's reset something you mentioned earlier in the show. The first quarter number is the Patriots laying a half a point. You did bring up something in regards to the Pats in the first quarter is potentially a play. Right, but I think the first quarter is always a diagnostic quarter for the Patriots. I think it's the halftime. I think for, I would, if I okay, had three one and a strong half. conviction, I would take the Patriots and lay the three and a half at halftime. I like that. Okay, so diagnostics quarter one into quarter two, starting to figure it out. Three and a half, you feel comfortable. Adjustments, laying. adjustments for the standalone game when the game go away. Okay. Uh. You, you excited about this one? You get you get you and Millie. You get to watch. Mick I am. I'm, I'm nervous for. I'm nervous. I'm, I'm, I'm. I love to watch Mick coach. I hope we get a couple first down signals out of him. I always like that. I'll tape that on the TV and send it to him after the game. So wait, what is uh, this? Know, what, what are we looking for? Signal, the first, tell, what when are we he looking signals for? first down on the. Uh, we, when we watch my man signal first down on the tape, you know, when he gives <laughs> us the first down, nobody does it better. I'll send one tomorrow for you. I would, if you could get it, if there's a good one, I want to play it on the show tomorrow. That'd be hilarious if we, if we could. We'll get it. Okay. We'll get it. We well, have a few. Okay. So, again, a lean three and a half first half for Michael. Michael, enjoy Monday Night Football. I'll see you tomorrow here on the Lombardi line, okay? Thanks, Patrick. Okay. M. Lombardi Thanks, NFL. Make sure you check them out. Coming up next, a fired up odds on. Don't miss it. It's V-SIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes, Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. 
With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.